0: This is Brett Barish, CEO of Sovereign Brands, and you're listening to Self Made. Yeah. What's shaking, my friend? My good sir, how are you good, doing? Good. I love. I love the sweatshirt. I want. I don't even <laughs> have that one. I had, I had to
1: represent. I had to represent. You already know. For those who are not seeing what's going on, this is what's good. This is what's good. I would, yes, sir. I, I,
0: I went with Raw to Rick with Rick Ross to go see uh, uh, Inter Miami, uh, Messi's new team in Miami, and he was wearing that sweatshirt. And I said, "I don't even have that sweatshirt."
1: <laughs> well, shout out to the team over here in SA. They understood the assignment. You know what I mean?
0: So, so, so first, I have to ask, you had a party with us at uh, the Constitutional in Joburg, right? Yes. How was, how was it? Yes
1: so um you know it was a blessing first of all um you know we were looking for sponsors at the last minute and um you know trust and believe you know the good team over here um because you guys are through uh record and yeah i mean we had a we have a gentleman over there who's been really championing for my story and everything uh his name is sasa i so said the homie and i uh, had a conversation with him and he had a strong belief that you know there could be some type of there's actually some s- synergy between myself and my brand and what you guys are I love doing it. on the continent and um yeah it was actually done within like a month the deal was closed and the event happened and it was a great success it was my first solo concert because I mean, we don't have a huge touring circuit in SA, so a lot of times the work that we get is through, you know, like festivals and, yeah, you know, festivals, the, yes, the, the lineups, yes. yeah, the lineups are, uh, a lot of times are like, you know, uh, jam-packed with other artists. So, I mean, we're still blessed, you know, we have work, but you know, doing your own concert in this country is, 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 is something very seminal and doing it with, obviously with Bamboo and Belé, and it turned out the way that it did. Come on now. I love yes.
0: it. I love uh, no what I and what I love is uh is is my team are huge fans of you. I'm a huge fan. Uh Pernod is a huge fan. Uh, and now I get yes. to do this and I get I get to talk self-made with you, which is awesome. And so so your fans know I get to do the I started this a whole bunch of years ago. I get to interview everybody from uh I've in South Africa it. even from Pretty Ugly and Schholze and uh King TD and Tyler ICU and, and yeah. Rick Ross and Wiz and Wayne. Um, but I, 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 I call it self-made. It's all about, to me, the struggle side. But I wanna ask you the same thing. I start with everybody else. What does self-made mean to, to KO? Well, to me, I, first of all, for those who don't, I mean,
1: to your viewers as well, I, um, I come from a very small town. In uh, South Africa, you know, uh, there's a province called Mpumalanga, and um, you know, it's very small population. And uh, for me, getting into the space that I'm in today was through, first of all, self-belief and stopping at nothing. Um, you know, to make sure that my dream comes to reality. So, regardless of just the immediate, um, you know, disadvantages from not coming from a rich family, from not having the best form of education, to not having any investors, and just downright not having people who actually even believe in in the dream itself, you know? So all of that, and overcoming all those immediate obstacles as an individual and stopping at nothing from you know to make your dream come true i think that it's it, that those are the first ingredients of a self-made individual who defies the odds defies any sort of handicap that you know one unfortunately might you know uh, have so for me just starting from literally getting it from the mud with no help, no one throwing you an alley whoop in any way, shape, or form, and just going out there and saying, all I have is just the self-belief, I have God, and I have this gift that is burning inside of me that I need to share with the world, and actually taking it there
0: and seeing it come to life, come on, bro. So, so it's better than anything on on earth. Who, who, who did, did any names that were behind you from day one? No, nothing. Nothing like literally
1: nothing, you know, because I had to move from the small town, I had to make sure that I finish my, um, you know, basic education for me to go and study at, study at, at, at varsity, uh, which is obviously where I graduated. And, you know, a lot of people obviously these days, you know, education is not everything, but for me, it was my portal to get out to of the small of town. Because first of yeah, first of first all, me trying to get into the music business as a kid, living in my parents' house and telling them, mom and dad, I wanna move to the big city to go be a rapper, that was definitely not gonna happen. <laughs> so I had to finish school and then go to varsity and then only things started happening for me when I was there. Um, so I, I was basically just you know, doing double duty. I was doing my obviously my studies, and then at the same time, um, ingratiating myself in the spaces, trying to get my name known, and all those kind of things. So that's that's how the thing stayed so,
0: so, out, so out for me. When did when did the music bud? When did that kick in for you? Um, I think when I was still in high school.
1: There were first of all when I was still a kid, kid, my mom and and, and then we used to play a lot of the local stuff. There's a, a mega superstar female vocalist who unfortunately has passed on now, by the name of Brenda Fassi. who um, was yep. a huge African icon. So they used to play a lot of that stuff, and they my mom was a huge Aretha Franklin fan and an Anita Baker fan, so I used to hear music a lot. Like you know when we do road trips and things like that. So it was so captivating, but you know I never really had the bone to wanna be a singer myself. And then my big brother came home with a cassette that had um, that had MC Hammer. <laughs> in it you know <laughs> and he was playing some of these things and he was also like a break dancer of some sort himself and I, I can't dance until this day so i look up to my brother so much i'm thinking i want to partake in what he's doing in and out what is this music that he's playing because i'm used to all this earth franklin stuff and all these other things that my mom's playing and then here come these guys who are talking over beats but it made so much sense it sounded so cool so I was like, okay, cool. So if he's a dancer, maybe I could actually try my hand at being a uh, a an MC. And so that's basically how it all. But started. isn't
0: it, what, And I just think it's amazing that there. To me, there was a moment for you when he brought home that cassette, and he's playing that cassette, and it's MC Hammer, and like that, that sparked your interest in kind of in 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 well in that genre of music. No.
1: Definitely, I mean firstly it was yes hearing these guys you know uh talking over beats but it was also just like the dress code and funky hairstyles and all the other things that were happening at the time you know and when i was seeing also other artists that started you know emanating shortly after like the Snoop dogs uh the whole dog pound death row thing that was going on you know so i saw different dimensions of this thing that i just fell in love with through mc hammer because i thought mc hammer was the N.B.O. all and then when i started going down the rabbit hole and discovering all these other guys down like, downright to like public enemy and star and all these other guys so i'm like okay cool where do i find myself who do i want to be and it ended up just being i started actually started off being mm-hmm. a, a backpack tech uh, type of rapper, you know what I mean? So that that's what actually resonated with me the most, more than like uh commercial stuff.
0: Was it, did you want to be on the stage? Did you want to be, was it the fashion that got you? Did you see yourself, you know, writing lyrics? Like what was, what did you think you were good at that made you want to go do it? I thought I was good
1: at writing my own yeah. songs and then oh. Um, I started, <clears throat> you know, kicking some of the verses to like my friends and they were just downright like crush me and tell me how garbage I was, you know. And looking back, I probably was, I know I was, you know. But I needed that. I needed that early buffer to just help me just filter some of the nonsense that I didn't need for me to elevate, so when I get to a bigger crowd, um, yes, cool. Not everyone's gonna fall in love with me, but the reaction that I'm gonna learn from that as well is gonna allow me to filter certain things. And I, I as you grow, you basically trim all the unnecessary fat um, in whatever sphere that you that you might be in. And for me, that's how it worked. I think today, when I compare it to, I mean, I've been in the industry this side for more than a decade, and I feel like right now, especially over the past three years or so, I'm probably a much better artist than I was when I first started. So that's why people just don't understand about this whole thing. Yes. Cool. There are people who are just ready to go from the jump. Yep. But I think you get better. No, you with evolve. Time. You
0: evolve. Exactly. You get better yeah. with time in whatever realm. It so is. when, when did you make music? When, what was the point you said, I'm dropping everything. I'm going to focus on music.
1: So I graduated and I got an internship at um, this one company and then I was there for like a year. And, you know, just to paint a more realistic picture over here in this country, especially with the climate and uh, socioeconomic challenges, even with the graduation with a certificate in my hand or like a, a, a degree and stuff, I still had to sit on the sideline for two years and some change struggling to get employment yeah you know because i graduated in public relations and um here i am trying to get a job but unfortunately nothing was landing at the time and one of the craziest things happened because you know your mom and your parents And with everything that you know they had invested in me you know going to school and all these other things and now they see oh my god so my child is not actually getting work maybe you know what just cost a wide net out there apply for an admin job yeah 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 yeah. apply for x anything anything did i actually even applied to be a cop a policeman right (laughs) and guess what that was the first position that actually let, i got a response from those guys and um there was a time where i had to go, i was called in to come do an induction or an interview of some sort the first one right and then on the same day coincidentally we had a meeting with a record label that was interested in hearing you know uh what we had to offer so on the day, my mom knew that I had the interview, but I didn't tell her about the potential you know, uh, situation at this one at the record company. And I didn't go to the police academy, right? And I went to the record label situation,
0: and I think I made a great choice, I guess. It, 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 uh, when did you tell her you did it?
1: I never. We never spoke
0: about it. Ne- she doesn't even know? Did she ever
1: know? She, she I think she, I um, mean, years later she found that there was, there was an actual response, but I was way too far too far gone in the space. And what, what,
0: was, what was the opportunity with the label? So the opportunity was
1: for literally us for them to listen to the demo. Actually, they had heard it, and they just wanted to meet us just to you know check out the vibe and what type of people that we were. And then eventually, actually at the end of that meeting, they gave us a contract and um, took it home. We did our homework sign on the dotted line and that was the beginning of and
0: everything was that when tear gas happened or did that come yeah, later it was that was, tear gas. How, did, so was tear gas. how did that how did you guys come together so the
1: varsity thing i met the, the the brothers over there in varsity and um i was still a solo artist and they were a duo they're actually brothers so um shortly after graduation with everything that you know i had You know, scraped up from the internship job, I used that for us to go and um, record a demo, a a demo and stuff. So I recorded my demo and then I had one track where it was the three of us on it. And there was a gentleman that we spoke to for just for him to help us get into the game. And he said, Guys, cool, you're okay as a solo artist, but. Judging by this one track with the three of you in it, it feels like you are a stronger unit together. And I don't have enough resources myself to launch your career and launch this duo at, at the same time. So why don't we just combine the whole thing together. and just yeah and just make it one act? And then that's what he went and actually shopped at the at that record company and that's where
0: everything started so uh, if if i use me as an example i remember quitting my first job and a friend of mine and i were going to start a business and he and he decided not to do it and i realized i just couldn't do it by myself yeah like at that stage i needed to have other people with me of course when you think back do you think you would have been ready to go solo back then or did you need tear gas you know what i mean did you need each other at that time i think
1: even when i look back at some of the stuff that i was doing on my own i was not ready to be a solo artist i was not ready i needed to go through the tear gas machine for me to teleport my way into being who i am today because even when I got in, when we actually started like getting momentum as a group, it made so much great sense to be amongst brother my, my brothers and having, um, you know, um, just that unity amongst each other. Because also it allowed me to, before I compared myself with other artists out there, I started you know, within that unit, you know, where I felt like those guys were the fire that I needed to go through for me to be punished. You know, so they were the, you know, when they say iron sharpens iron, they were the iron that I actually needed, yeah you know, uh, for me to actually just become a better person because I grew actually when we first started, like with the first album. I, when I look back, even now, when I listen to the uh, discography, I hate. I think I was a garbage rapper when we first started, right? And naturally, I was also feeling like the other guys were getting more love than when we were on stage and you know, on even on some of the records. So I needed to actually level up and meet them at a level, you know, so that I, I'm not the, you know, the the, the down point, the in, third wheel, in, exactly, exactly, right? And um, from the second album onwards, that's where I sort of kind of like really just like started. I, it, how, um, finding myself
0: was there was there a moment or what was the moment that you realized that you know what I want to do something on my own I, I, I'm ready for this
1: um,
0: <clears throat> it was not by choice
1: as a matter of fact so I mean obviously group dynamics I mean we had four successful albums and um, you know we ran the entire group thing like you know to to the last minute, but you know, towards the tail end of the group, the group run, you know, the chemistry was no longer there, you know, and you know, one of the guys felt like he wanted to start his, uh, kick off his solo journey. And we were still thinking the group is still gonna go on, you know, so it almost kind of put us in a tight spot to also sort of kinda now make the decision to want to venture in the same direction, go create our own thing. And that's how, unfortunately, uh, pressure turned out to be a good thing because it allowed me to now, like, really deep, deep.
0: I gotta go, I gotta do it. I gotta go make it happen.
1: Go, yeah, and it hit the ground running. The first song that I put out, it was, you know what I mean? It was just out what, of here, so, it was a
0: blessing. Um, When was Run Josie?
1: Ron Josie came shortly after my first single had taken off. So what
0: was the single that that took off?
1: The single that took off was a song called Kara Kara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was viral. Was that the first single when you went solo? Yes, sir. That was the first mainstream single that I put out.
0: And I'm going to ask this because everybody in the music space always tells me their biggest success... At, well, let's say at the time, was something they didn't like. They didn't want to put out. Did you like that song?
1: You know, one thing that I can, um, that I'm grateful for as, as an artist, the song that I personally pick and bring to the team and say, hey, this is- so this is the one that's gonna buy you a house and a lot of the times it turns out to be that way so i think i that creative iq and just uh having that height you know um and that foresight because songs to me don't necessarily i don't go to the studio and say okay what can i create today move, 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 you know a lot of times it's something that i meditate on and then the song song mm-hmm. the the concept comes in my head and then the beat follows next and then i record mm-hmm. and it actually it turns mm-hmm. out to be what i had envisioned and then boom so that one most definitely something that i had channeled and i saw i put it together and i it, it turned out the way that i actually even anticipated so it was a beautiful miracle and it there's happened to me a couple of times it, 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 do, do you
0: always think because I still have to remind myself, even when I launch brands or create brands is, you know, as much as I've I've had success in the past, I just make the assumption it's not going to happen again and I got to work even harder now. Do you still feel that way?
1: I think if you don't feel that way, you become complacent, right? And complacency is uh, one of the biggest handicaps for any um you know line of business because things are always evolving. So that allows you by having that view, it allows you to want to learn new things, right? To say, okay, cool. So this is what I did last year. What is going on right now since I did that? Oh shucks, there's someone else that is doing XYZ. Oh, what can I learn from that? You know, even in your space. You study. You yep. study. You know yep. your competitors. Yep. You have to study the competition because the competition are the people that are actually studying you. So you need to just reciprocate that, because yet again, iron sharpens iron.
0: But so, but but I, yeah. I've seen this with you, and you've said this as much, which I think is great. You're constantly evolving and changing. You know. You may look different for the next album. The album may be sound different from the last Mm. album. But some people could easily say to you, why change when you've got a good thing going? Like, why do something different? Why try something else? Why not just stick to the... You know what I mean? I think there's there's just a perverse obsession with
1: shedding my old skin and morphing into something different yeah it doesn't normally work like a charm all the time but done right i've seen it i've seen it um pay tenfold you know for me because it allows me to be a new guy all the time you know and a lot of people in our space or well, in music as a whole just because you made an incredible record 10 years ago you think you your job is to appeal to
0: that same that same
1: fans, yep the same audience yep hell no right because back then you know there were CDs there were X Y Z MP3s and then now they're streaming so the audience that is now on phones and all these kind of things they're on TikTok and they consume music different how do we make sure even as artists who are now veterans how do we still make sure that we appeal to that audience so to me that is a that is um a secret that has worked for me like a charm in so many years and like i said it's a perverse obsession i think if a lot of people kind of move that way i mean i'm not saying it would work for everyone but if some artists actually move that way because i think sorry to drag i think um you know where we are right now especially in music just being a conventional rapper only is not unfortunately enough because you're competing with the likes of Taylor Swift and
0: Gizzo
1: and all these other people, right? So how do you make sure that when they have uh, all these chart-topping records, how do you have a shot, you know? Cool, so someone might not fully like a all-out rap record, but they like Taylor Swift. So how do I, Create something that kind of appeals to the same person that listens to
0: Taylor Swift, d- d- and d-
1: d- that's Does what it I mean. help
0: you in some sick way? Does it help you stay motivated? Because it, again, you're you're going again. You're doing something new again, and everyone's like, "Why are you doing this?"
1: I think that's just the beauty about it. You know, when you are so obsessed with to me. I actually equate some of the things that I do to the likes so of LeBron James or Ronaldo or Messi and all these other people. Because when it's all said and done, like these people are already billionaires, right? Why still try and win yeah. a trophy? Why yeah. still try and win a yeah. ring? It has nothing to do with the money. Yeah. No more. It's the legacy. Yeah. It's the story of, wow, this was a great individual. And he i mean lebron is turning 40 soon but he's still playing probably like better than you know, it's a different of the motivation
0: now every yeah, every time it's a different motivation exactly so to
1: me that is what i'm trying to channel and also not only just for my own story it's for the people that are behind me to actually look and say wait i don't have to stop at once i make my first million or make my second million, I can run this whole thing all the way to the top. And who knows? Because if you do something so great, the money is automatic. Money is a byproduct of great work and great. great If you said to me,
0: Brett, um, during the worst of times, what would you wish you would have told yourself Uh, back then? I would have told, I would have said, trust my own instincts, meaning if anybody's gonna fuck it up, I want it to be me. I would have said, don't rely on anybody because you're just going to yeah. wait. I yeah. would have said, stop asking other people their opinions. Just yep. go fucking do it. What would you have told yourself?
1: You know, that last one that you just mentioned is probably the one that I resonate with the most because I got into this whole thing, even from the group and all these other things. Um, I like, like I said earlier, I'm someone who just has the inkling to know what to do and when to do it. There was a time where I was going through, you know, my own emotion, emo- uh, uh, trials and tribulation, and feeling wet, like I was some, sort of kind of being outcast in the music space. And for the first time, instead of trusting my own instincts, I started going out there and sourcing people's opinion. Hey, so I just recorded this before I put it out. What is your opinion? And then, you know, you get all these people throwing, you know, you have too many cooks in the kitchen 100%. and then you, and then you go back and then you try to now create stuff that is gonna impress them instead of something that genuinely comes from the heart. And then that, you know, When you put it out there, people get to appreciate it because you created it from the depth of your heart, not because someone told you to go create. So unfortunately, when I was going through that whole process, I made music that I wanted to make sure that those guys were happy with. And then it didn't unfortunately land as I had anticipated. And then the minute I went back to trusting... Your instincts, what you... Yep. Come on now.
0: Come on um i want you to educate me you're called the king of sikanda yeah 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 tell me what (laughs) that what is that so um obviously
1: when hip-hop was emerging in this country and becoming super commercialized i felt like we had here a a ceiling um a lot of the beats that we're rapping over, as much as we're rapping in Vernack and Zulu and all these other different languages, I still kind of felt like the music itself, the sonics, were still Americanized. You know, the same we we're rapping over the same beats, maybe like a Drake was rapping over or Lil Wayne or whatever. So there was no actual authenticity out other than just the the actual vocal. So I um Consciously decided that wait, we actually need to make this whole thing sound like it doesn't come from anywhere else but South Africa and how can we do that? We need to when the Americans are, are sampling, you know, the greats, you know, whether it be, um, you know, uh, freaking Stevie Wonder or, whoever, yep, yep. Charles or whatever, when they were sampling all those great records from back then how about like i said to you earlier like the great Brenda Fassie in south africa who are icons and the Lady smiths and the lucky dubes and also there was also another genre that was before what we have right now i'm a piano there was another big genre that was um you know shutting shit down over here called kwaito. Yep. so i'm like yes yeah, cool this is hip-hop and everything but how, how about we go and we actually employ some of the elements from our own vault as a South African community and take that to the world. So once we almost kind of started repurposing what we have at our own disposal, in our own backyard, to me, that's, that's how a song like Karakara came about. Because when you go and you look at that video and even just the sonics, you know the dance element to it the choreography the dress code the bucket heads and you had like long colorful socks and all those kind of things that was such a south african look which was almost kind of reminiscent of this um you know like iconic groups from quite a um, one called trumpies for instance right so when people were looking at karakara it almost kind of gave them a nostalgic element and, um, you know, in what they were hearing. And this is so new. And at the same time, it has a nostalgic element to it. So having coined that style, that's where we felt like, okay, this is not just South African hip hop now. This is almost like a sub-genre. And that's how we ended up calling it.
0: You know, listening listening to you, I would describe you as a student of music and history and, genre and it all matters to you. Is that correct? Absolutely. So so hold on. So I can imagine you getting pissed off at other artists or other people or just a consumer not understanding exactly what's happening. You know what I mean? Not appreciating <laughs> it to the same level as you.
1: I try not to.
0: You know what? Sometimes when
1: um you expect other people to see things through the same lens as you you'll get you'll get frustrated right Uh, i mean no to suspect but we almost kind of seeing the decline of hip-hop even in america where you know bring conversation is wait so like what is going on with the newer guys? Yes, of course, like the Travis Scott's will still do the numbers and the X, Y, Z, but the newer guys are the ones that are actually supposed to carry this whole thing forward, you know? So, and then when you see that uh, disconnect between that class of artists and with their predecessors where the predecessors were meticulous to the T knowing exactly what they needed to do, which is why even today when they release music, it still moves the needle. So the newer guys sometimes, when they don't necessarily take it upon themselves to be students and learn from the predecessors, because when you learn from your predecessors, you're not only studying what they did great, you study where they fuck up as well. Why? Because it allows you to avoid those mistakes, you know?
0: So it could be an odd. I I was just gonna ask, so just on that note, what do you hope when people study you they take away?
1: I want them to take both. I want them to take my great strides and everything that my, my blood sweat and tears and also just see the pitfalls and the shortcoming you know uh, shortcomings because the type of artist that I am and how i 'm perceived here i 've been at the helm of Driving the narrative, and I think I owe that to my academic background. Yeah, right. I I am so brand savvy to a point that sometimes it's also kind kind of hinders my own growth because I, one person who doesn't believe all publicity is good publicity. Yeah, I always want to channel the positive things that people need to know that add value to my brand so my brand can stay clean. So I shy away from that controversy and all, those, all kinds of things. And also other people, I always because I come from the pre, you know, um social media yep. school, you know, and blasting everything, putting everything about my life on the social networks and, you know, oversharing, you know, I don't think that's something that I will uh, that's that's not my advice. So when I see people do things like that, it used to kinda, you know, frustrate me, but one thing I've learned now is hey, take the you know, foot off the pedal the break off your foot off the brake a little bit and just let mm-hmm. people in a little bit more because more than just the music now, people are actually invested.
0: It's, in no, it's like you said, songs. you gotta keep you gotta keep evolving. You gotta keep learning, you gotta, yes, gotta keep keep it going. So what's what's next? You had the killer last album, what's next? Oh
1: you know, having Had such great success locally I yet again have taken it upon myself to shed my own my old skin and morph into something that is larger than just being a great local artist I've seen what the last record did did for me outside of SA you know um, it has touched different regions yep. that I never even thought I would. Yep. So why not follow and build on that momentum? So it has now put the badge on my back because when you go and you listen to the last album, for instance, like the, the big record, obviously Sete, sounds different from everything else that's on the album. A lot of the stuff that is on there is just like, you know, conventional rap. But yet I'm seeing something amazing that's going on with Sete and being that it's, part of you know it fits in well with world music right now so i want to make sure that i put out as much worldly stuff as possible so the next album that is coming out is probably something almost similar to what i feel like when kanye west made uh 808 and Heartbreaks." You're like wait so this guy's such a great rapper what the fuck is, he Why is he doing now that? like singing you yeah, know? yeah 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 so i want to sort of kind of you know take a detour and channel that because obviously people are not familiar with me just like melodizing. So there's gonna be a lot of melodic stuff that's gonna come out pretty soon.
0: Uh, are you already working on
1: it? Definitely. Definitely. So the first single is coming out at the end of September. Uh, this is now spring in South Africa. And it's it's where, you know what I mean? Like um, it's probably the best time for artists to put out music because- For creative. You be I agree. You know? Yeah, and also just outside, <clears throat> just to share this with you as well, uh, with, with the audience, outside of just being an artist, I am also an entrepreneur. I mean, I have my own record label yep. and I have artists, but there's also something great that I'm also doing, which is um, I have a clothing brand that is doing incredibly well over here. Um, it's uh, distributed through about 300 stores countrywide and we're just about to have our first first fashion show in the next couple of weeks what's the name of the brand the brand is called skanda world
0: okay
1: yes sir skanda world and um yeah so the we have the summer range dropping just now in september and we have a fashion show happening and before the year is done actually we opening our own flagship Love store, it. Some, something that's gonna be, you know what I mean, like a hub for for culture. I'm excited about that, and also just like over and beyond just uh, things that I that have to do with entertainment. I, um, you know, I have a passion for other things, other lines of business, which for me is an honor having this conversation with someone that I look up to as yourself, someone who has, you know, put his hands in different. You know baskets and you have built an amazing empire and i want to learn and soak up as much knowledge from people like yourself whether it's rose or you know all these other people who have done some, so many great things i want to diversify my, yep. my portfolio the same way that you guys have because you know i look up to the likes of jay-z and all those kind of things yes cool is an incredible goat in rap but the reason why he's sitting where he's sitting right now is not only of rap yes cool rap and was his cv so just or his resume but he used that resume to, and to that of the influence exactly yep. to open well, I, different doors and that's I, where i'm at right now I,
0: I think uh well clearly you're on your way and uh you know the one thing i keep i, I learn and and uh and i get so much from conversations like this is i, I make mistakes and i love it because it helps me do things better, and that's why I'm successful, I think, is because I'm constantly, one of two things is gonna happen when I try something. Either it worked, and I'm gonna lean into it, or it didn't work, and I'm gonna change it. So as long as I keep thinking that way, I'll get there. Um, but Kale, it's, it's awesome to talk to you. It was great to hear your story, uh, your passion for the music, um, how, and again, I, I, I like that idea that you give across when you talk about albums is, everything's going to be different. It's like you're reborn. It's like you're trying something new, and it should go with it. And I agree with that. And it makes me think about the way I do business. But if there's anything we can do, we're, we're in your corner. We're huge supporters, us, Pernod, my team. Um, I can already see a collab between uh, Bamboo or Bel Air and the Skanda brand. So let's Come get on now. Get, let's get a capsule collection going. We'll make that happen. I love it. I love it. Uh, But anything we can do, we're in your corner. Let's kick some ass. I look forward to visiting the market together, and let's do some more events, all right?
1: Much appreciated. And, of course, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, mobile that you are, to have a conversation with myself. And um, hopefully one day this conversation is going to be in person.
0: A hundred percent. It's going to happen. I'll be visiting soon, all right? And if you get this way, if you get to New York or Atlanta, come visit our spaces, all right? amazing thank you ko thank you everybody for watching have a great rest of your day much
1: appreciated. god bless